This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hello, business storytellers. It's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. Today, let's talk about website designs and what are some of the things people are doing that just are not necessary. And, you know, if we want to be really um, 2020 about them, we'll call them fails. I don't know, or maybe not. Um, so I asked um, Ethan Anderson, he is the owner of Big Imprint Web Design Agency in West Liberty, Iowa, to come on the show and um, fill us in. What are we seeing out there? Ethan, how's it going? Hey, going well. How are you? Living the dream, as they say. <laughs> yes, aren't we all? <laughs> I don't know so, why we always laugh. Whenever somebody says that, we always, <laughs> everyone bursts out laughing. <laughs> well, when, when people laugh, I usually say, well, this guy, I'm just still trying to figure out whose dream. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, there you go. <laughs> so it's, it's somebody's for sure. Uh, but overall, can't complain, quite, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, so websites, of course, we've had shows before. We just had a show not too long ago with Jason Lass about um, how small businesses need a website. And it's amazing how many businesses don't have a website True. still. And, you know, and then we had the show with Greg Gifford on local SEO and how, you know, he also recommends that you have a website. Um, but even if you don't have one, at least, at the very least, sign up for Google My Business and claim your company on there. Absolutely. Uh, but, but now people are jumping in and they get a website. And what, what are the problems we're seeing? What, what are the issues that, that you're seeing that people are creating and, and uh, hurting the user experience? Yeah, sure. I mean, first of all, I couldn't agree more with with uh, you know your your previous comments there. Um, which you know, first of all, just having one, right? So we see, especially during this time, that people who already had a web presence kind of are a little farther along, right? Uh, bonus points for having an email list and social media and all those things. Google My Business, you know, basic stuff. But having a website, uh, yeah, obviously, is critical. And I think. I mean, it really, the things that, that came to my mind as, as I was kind of thinking about your question were most of them are honestly strategic things, messaging things, you know, and, and, and really I think where it starts is, is honestly, I mean, we can get into the nitty gritty and details about, uh, you know, fonts and text and all that kind of stuff or, you know, colors or whatnot, but you know, the, where it starts is really, I think just investing in your website, valuing your website, um, where I always go to there is I had a conversation years ago with a nonprofit and they were at the time that I sat down with them spending about $80,000 to remodel the entryway of their building. It was a historic building, expensive project, $80,000 to remodel the entryway. But they had basically zero budget (laughs) for a website you know, and that, I mean, if you're in web, web design, you hear that story over and over and over and over. And it, it just, it baffles, baffles us a little bit because, you know, the, the website is the entryway to your entire 
business, right? So for starters, I mean, this is theoretical, right? Not technical, but just be willing to put some investment into your website. But what, I mean, we're not talking $80,000 website. I mean, how, what's a reasonable number people should think about it w- when they need a new website? What's, what's a good budget roughly? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's an interesting question. That, that's kind of, you know, like how, how much does a house cost, right? I mean, you could, there's a massive range. Um, and so it just totally depends on your needs, you know, I mean, you, you might, uh, be looking at a hundred thousand dollar website, you know, if you're, if you're in that market, if you're some big national company, you, I mean, you might be looking at a $3 million website. You might, you know, a lot of, we build a lot of websites that are, you know, we, we build some that are in the twenty thirty thousand $30,000 range. We build a lot that are in the ten dollars to $15,000 range. Like that's great for a business that wants something that's really solid, really, um, you know, it's going to be custom designed for them, some good photography, copywriting, et cetera. We also build a ton of, you know, five to $7,000 websites. And we build a lot of local businesses that are $1,200, you know, and I mean, shoot, you can do it for a lot less than that. You can do it for free with an investment of your time if you want to, you know, so it's, it's a huge range. Um, I listened to your, to, to the, the episode that you had about uh, local businesses. Actually, I read your blog post about roofing and I chuckled a little bit about it because <laughs> I literally have a roofer in West Liberty who approached me about that exact story that you wrote in your blog. You know, he's like, a huge hailstorm came through, you know, like all these roofers are advertising mm-hmm. in Cedar Rapids and, and that area. You know, I don't have, can you get me online? So we're, yeah, Quickly. so we're, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, and that's the thing, right? It's like, <laughs> It would have been great if you had one already, right? So, um, but but yeah, we're we're getting him online. He's a little bit late to the game for that hailstorm, probably. But um, but but yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I I loved your your, your post because it's so true. You know, it's just all those things you need to. Where are people going to look? You know, they're going to look online. They will, and that's that's what I did. Even the people that just stopped by, I still looked them up. You know, and absolutely, the day, I still looked at what the website said. But when we're talking about websites, I mean, I, I, let's get a little gritty, nitty, nitty yes. gritty here, I guess. Um, I mean, the, the, one of the biggest things that really bothers me is when any something does not work on whatever device I'm yes. on. I mean, and you know, and and I'm on an iPad a lot of times. And uh, actually, one time, I set up a meeting um, with a prospect, and they sent me. They didn't send me Calendly, but whatever they sent me didn't work on the iPad. So I've always put the same time because that's the only time I could pick, even though I had more time okay, available. Sure. Um, but there's so many websites, right. That are not, it's not working. And I don't know why, like, I don't know what the, like, why is that still a problem today? It's so true. It's terrible. Right. I mean, uh, frustrating. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And um, I mean, I think the, the thing that solves that is just, you know, testing it yourself and I, what we find is a lot of our clients are, frankly, they're just not even on their own website enough, you know, to really keep it dynamic and just to catch those things themselves. So you have to test those those device sizes. Uh, you know, you're, let's say you've built yourself a website. You know, you've got to you've got to do it. You got to take the time to test it on a on a phone, test it on an iPad. Yeah. Do you do you see a lot of layouts on the iPad that are a little bit off? kind of wonky 
All the time. And in fact, I was talking to somebody the other day, very, very successful company built on content and the content didn't render as well on the iPad right. as I'm sure it does on a desktop. I'm not surprised because I, I think the, the iPad feels like the sort of the forgotten screen size, like, <laughs> you know, desktop, great, phone, great, the iPad is sort of like, it's always a little, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're, our mm-hmm. websites are probably no different, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a little bit trickier to kind of match that, that break point for some reason, but, but yeah, you just have to look, you have to test, you have to pretend that you're the user, right? And, you know, there's even some tools out there, user experience tools, I'm sure you're aware of, like Peak, you know, that, that can give a unbiased opinion of your, of your website. That's, you know, those are awesome. Those are, those are fantastic tools. So, so take, take um, a look at those, but you st- go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. But you also, you, it's kind of like design, right? You need, a, you need a, an eye for what's working and what's not working. I mean, sometimes you look at design and you think, well, something isn't working, even though I don't know what it is, um, but we can brainstorm. Um, and the one that comes to my mind is, and there are rules, right? There are actually, so if you're unsure what something should do on the website or how big it should be or how wide or whatever, uh, I mean, you can Google for the standards. I mean, there are standards out there. Um, as much as I like to, everything to be, you know, let's just try new stuff. Um, sure. But, you know, I, I, I remember going to writers and a project I worked on before, Ethan, and I said, your paragraphs are really too long. Mm-hmm. And they said, they said, then tell me how long they should be. And I Googled the number because I, I, looked, I, I said that based on what it tells. Like. Right. Yep. And then, right. And then I Googled the actual answer. And then I counted the words, not, you know, copy, paste, counted yep. them automatically. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't over. And so what actually happened is had nothing to do with her writing at all. And she couldn't change anything. What needed to change was the text was stretching too far across the page. And the font wasn't the best, the, the most wasn't read, readable. Um, easy, most, wasn't that readable yeah. for the web, right? Um, so like those things, they do matter. And I, I think still I, there's a lot of websites still w- where they don't use the best practices, yes. right, for those simple things. Absolutely. No, you're right. And, and that's a really good example, too, because, you know, you and I might do it by feel, right, because you could just get a sense of how it should should feel. Other people maybe need some more specific things, you know, about what uh, to as guidelines or whatever. So, I mean, other other very common layout things that we see, the, the, the one that, you know, you'll laugh about this because it's so prevalent and so common, but we do hear it, like, all the time is, like, that huge logo, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody cares about your logo, okay? <laughs> you know, if you go to, go to, what I always do with our clients is, like, go to, you know, name, name a big company. Like, name me of any big company that, that you can think of. Uh Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Go to Coca-Cola. Their website is going to be like so tiny, right? Now, all right, they spend a lot on branding, right? So that maybe you say, well, that, you know, that's why they can do that or whatever. But every company is like that. I mean, go to, go to like any, any like large company or, or, you know, successful company and they, they, it's just like, you don't go to the website to see the logo. So it doesn't need to be that huge. That's why you can do that. Um, you know, people want to get to your content, right? They want to get to your message. Another one we see is like a messaging thing, and this is this is a huge problem. 
I'd say when we do when we do websites, we honestly like the most well invested time in the website design and development is the the information architecture piece where we talk about the messaging. That's like more important. That needs to inform the design itself. That needs to inform the way the site is built and the way it works, the way it flows. Uh, so that that's like critical. And one of the one of the big mistakes we see. I'll, I'll list two things. One is just simply not being clear. Like, what do you do? <laughs> you know? And, and how does it help? How does it help me as a consumer? You know, and, and I, uh, we did the show with JJ Peterson, who is with uh, um, Story Brand, right? Donald Miller's Story Brand. Yeah. And um, they always talk about what, what do you do? for your customer. And so interestingly, so of course I did this when you challenged me and I had to come up with a name quickly. <laughs> so I went to the Coca-Cola the website. Spot, sorry. <laughs> and it, that's okay. But you know, so I went on here and, it, and it's not terrible. So let me just describe to you guys what it looks like. So basically when you go to Coca-Cola, Coca, Coca-Cola.com, you have three people looking happy, drinking Cokes and you have the Coca-Cola logo. So it's pretty good, right? Based on what I just said. But then you have the logo over the middle person's face. And that's, they probably kind of dropped the ball a little bit on that is I would rather see her face smiling, right? And enjoying a Coke versus the logo. And then you have to click into the, this is interesting that you have to click that this is not automatic, that Coca-Cola knows I'm in the US. Then it asked me which website I would like. And they have, uh, I don't know, it looks like, 40 websites for North America, Latin America, Europe, uh, Eurasia, Africa, Asia, Pacific. And then I click on the United States. And again, the logo is right there. It's Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, together we can um, check out our delivery options. So that's their call to action on the website. Um, but, but why is it so hard for companies to do that? Why, why are companies not getting to the point how, they're, how, how they can help us versus just telling me how awesome they are? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a failure in the messaging. It's, it's so true, and it's extremely prevalent, you know, where I think we get into a uh, just kind of this, this loop, you know, where we don't think people need that anymore, right? So we use the story brand stuff, too. I mean, that's, it's awesome. Like the grunt test, we teach that to all of our clients, <laughs> all of our clients, you know, which, uh, I, you know, can a caveman, uh, you know, just in a matter of seconds, understand what your business is about by looking at your homepage, and if not, then there's a problem there, right? So, um, you know, that's probably a little bit more important for, for businesses that aren't as well-known as somebody like Coca-Cola, but uh, it's critical. It's absolutely critical. Another thing we see, which is Coca-Cola's problem here, <laughs> is trying to say too many things at once, you know? Like, if you have, and this can be a real, it can turn into a real problem. So if you, a, a classic example would be like a church, where you or many many nonprofits actually have this problem where you really have a couple target audiences on your website, right? You have your members or your you know the people who are already in a part of your group, whatever your your organization is, and then you also have like new members or uh, people who you want to teach about the organization, and then you might have donors, might be a third party. You might have uh, you know the people your nonprofit serves could be a fourth party. So. It gets really hard to, uh, you can't say all that at once. You know, if you prioritize everything, you prioritize nothing, right? So that messaging stuff is key. Yeah. 
I'm with you on the Coca-Cola, the, the logo over the face. That's a little weird, right? Yeah, I'd rather see the face smiling that they're drinking uh, a Coca-Cola, may, but I don't know. Let me resize, the, resize it here. Maybe they, I don't know, it doesn't really get better. Sometimes you got to put up with that a little bit, you know, on certain screen sizes. But Yeah, got it. So you have the fonts. Um, you have, I think one of the things that prompted this is I was reading uh, something on a website and the text was, it was like white text on black background. Now what's interesting about that statement is I'm looking, we're recording here in the anchor app yep. and the text is white on black, but, but the text is not intended for me to read it. Right. It's just counting the minutes for the podcast. It's saying my name, it's saying your name. And I find on websites, like when I'm looking at my email, it's black on white, right? It's not white on black. Um, some of those colors, they're just hard to read. Is it just me being a nitpick or trap or uh, are we onto something here? No, it's, it's, you're definitely right. I mean, I think people want their website to look interesting. They want it to be different. And one of the ways to do that is to, like you said, maybe you invert the, the light and dark areas of the site, which, you know, there are some sites that can get away with that. Uh, it's not a great way to read long form text, as you know. Uh, so yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, well, what we find is like, if your website is, is too different, then it gets immediately confusing for people, right? So typically speaking, dark text over light is, is a much better look. However, so let's go a little bit farther into that. The, the very subtle things about the way that, that that is designed can have a big effect on how the site feels. For example, if you're doing like black, I mean pure black over pure white. I mean, it's super readable, but when you, when you look at it, it's like, it's harsh, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you might soften it, make the black just a very dark gray. And you might be surprised at how much uh, warmer the site feels just by a simple, a simple change like that. Now I'm going to look at what color your, hold on. I'm going to look at what color your text is on your website. <laughs> black. It's not pure black, though. So we're talking about authentic storytelling.net here. Authentic storytelling.net. Um, no? Oh, I don't know if I don't know what's pure black or or not. It looks black to me. Yeah, it's um it's a beautiful like the very dark gray. The hex is uh 111. So black would be 000. So it's uh it's just slightly gray. And that's a that feels a lot better than black. So what's interesting about that, though, so I don't even know, right? I, I mean, like, you lost me at hello there. Ethan. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, hey, I know you said you wanted about. to get into the nitty gritty. Okay, I'm going yes. there. Please. Um, so, like, I, I mean, I'm following what, we're, what you're saying. Um, but I'm not the expert on shade the gray. <laughs> I get it. Pop, pop culture. Shade the gray, shade the black, whatever. Right, and I, what's nice about it? I wouldn't be is, the expert about that either. I don't, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but what's nice about it is, like, I just basically really use I use WordPress, and then I pick uh, a template that I think looks good. Yep. And like, I I stay with their recommendations, right? So if if WordPress says this is a good um, uh, font to read, um, and I, if I don't like 
throw up when I look at it. I'll just go with it. <laughs> so, sure. Th- you know, so there's, I mean, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is, so I trust the WordPress designers to an extent, um, but when people, when companies put their websites together, they, they also can trust the experts at some of those things, right? This is how wide your block of text should be to make it readable. This is what a, a link should look like. This is what whatever a picture looks like. Um, I mean, so not everybody can be an expert at everything. Yeah, absolutely right. And you, you know, yeah, I'll just agree with what you said, right? It's, but sometimes people don't, and I think what we see a lot in our industry is people don't value those little things, right? Um, You know, they might just say, well, just, you know, just, just put it up, just, you know, like it's, it's no big deal, but they don't realize some of those decisions that went into it that you didn't think about actually have a big effect on how the site actually feels right so yeah if you're using a high quality wordpress theme that's going to get you uh get you pretty far for a lot of people that's all you would need so yeah what other mistakes do you see that that people are doing with their um with their website what else is uh, happening that that people could improve improve on Okay, here's a big one that I see a lot when we are. So typically, for most of the sites we build, we're doing custom custom designs. But, you know, every once in a while, somebody's price point or their preferences to build inside of a theme, kind of like what you were talking about. And that's, that's fine. In fact, we just launched a site today that, uh, that, that was like that. And so what we a lot of times see is when someone wants to use a theme, so this would be, I think, helpful for people who are, word in that boat um a lot of times what they do is look at the demo and then say yeah i could put this here i could put that there i could put that there like trying to make their business fit the demo website and i really don't i think i don't recommend that decide first on what content you need on the site i feel like that's how you get off track right so decide first on what messaging you want and then put it into the theme in a way that you know that you can you can get it to work so yeah, trying to fit the content to the theme instead of fitting your your theme to the content, I feel like is a is a mistake. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, but how do you like how 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 do you avoid making some of those common mistakes that people make um, when you build from scratch? Like, um, I mean, I, I, what are some good examples? Like, I'm, I'm thinking sometimes I'm thinking of the slider. How yeah. many people click through the slider? I've never seen any numbers that back up that anybody actually clicks Slider. through a slider. Sliders are terrible. Shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't have one. But I'm all serious. kinds of sites have them. Yeah, but that's just groupthink. I mean, it's so true. Like, don't do it. I mean, <laughs> I think a slider is a bad idea. I mean, you're going to people see the first one, of course. First of all, it's slower to load the site, the homepage with the slider. Because, uh, you know, you're going to load the whole slider. People see the first one. They probably see the second one. They might. I mean, like you said, who's going to sit there and like, <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <laughs> so that's one, right? And then the other one is like, I'm even thinking about like, I'm looking at my own navigation. I mean, I, I've been in, in planning meetings where people argue what should be in the navigation and blah, blah, blah. That's oh, one sure. of the most important things. Right. But as far as I can tell, hardly anybody clicks on anything in the navigation. Um, and when they do, it seems to be by mistake. Um, you know, every once in a while, uh, they, they click on something, but it's not like, you know, uh, I mean, nobody says, oh, I bet that's in the navigation or the hamburger menu. I mean, who does that? Yeah, 
I mean, it, you're right. Things get lost very easily, especially with that hamburger. I'm not a huge fan of hamburger on on the desktop, for one thing. Like, when you have the real estate to spread it out, spread it out, you know? You invited me on this podcast, and I immediately went, like I told you before, I'm, I'm not a huge podcast listener, so I went, immediately went to your website and looked for your podcast, right? So there it is, a top-level menu item. Perfect. You know, I found it. Um, but But you're right. I mean, it's, again... Maybe, you know, in this conversation, you, you know, <laughs> I feel like maybe maybe you wanted more nitty gritty stuff. But the thing is, like, most of the problems I feel like people have with their website are about critical thinking and like organization of content. <laughs> it's huge. It's so big. I'd rather have I'd rather have a well-organized, ugly website than a beautiful website that you can't find anything on. You know what I mean? Well, it's like it's the Craigslist example, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's the most ugliest website ever, but people still use it. And the other one is um, uh, the Drudge Report, which um, I have. I don't go on that often, but um, I, you know, I mean, it, it's looked like that since I don't know, twenty right. or three. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's functional, right? I mean, you can uh, you you see what you want, and it's you don't go there for a pretty for a pretty. Uh, homepage or whatever yeah i'm with you but there's a balance in there as well i mean i think um like photography to give you another technical problem uh, technical slash design uh (laughs) problem people you know phones are everywhere right we carry a phone around in our pocket but people tend to have i'm talking about small business websites that people have built themselves you know usually it's like really bad photography right so again that's one of those things where, you know, people think with their eyes, like that would be a place to invest in your website. And I think that goes, again, goes back to a conceptual thing where, you know, if, if the front of your restaurant, let's say, looked like the same quality that your website was like, nobody would ever go there. And you would know that immediately, you know, you would just look at the <laughs> the building and say, Oh, this has got to change. But it's for some reason, it's it's sufficiently intangible when it's online that you don't you don't see that somehow, you know, so maybe get a second pair of eyes or something. And, uh, you know, like your photography would be a place to invest. Just do it. So how do you get um, how do you get good photography? I mean, I'm just so I actually don't know if you if you've seen it, Ethan, or not. Um, but I've traveled a lot over the, over the last few years here. Um, and, you know, actually I have some trips coming up this year, believe it or not, even a lot of things are uh, canceled and I launched, um, because I, I didn't know where to put all this content. So I launched travel reviews dot online. And, um, so dot online is like a new thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically, all my travel stories, new ones and old ones that I have on Facebook, for example, I move over there. And then I also launched a podcast. And um, let's see, where was I going with this? Oh, the photos. So I take, so when I look at these photos, I don't know if, if you pull it up or not, but, but all my photos yeah. are basically um, iPhone photos, right? Like I see a plane on a lake and I've never flown on one before. I take a picture. Here's the picture. Um, you know, I, um, there's a whole video in there I did on, um, 
uh, on the iPhone and people, you can't even tell it's from the iPhone. So absolutely. Yep. So can you totally get away with just getting iPhone photos for your, for your website, for your corporate website, or how do you, um, what's your philosophy on that? I mean, again, it, it depends what you're, what you're trying to build, right? So if, if you're a, a law firm and you need, you know, headshots of your staff, I don't recommend lining them up against the conference room wall and snapping <laughs> pictures with your iPhone, right? I mean, you, you hire a portrait photographer to bring in some lighting and you really do it right and you're going to immediately feel the difference, right? That's, and, and that's probably the thing is just, you just have to invest in it, right? I mean, you just have to. Like, you, you know, if you're paying somebody to, to design a website, hire a photographer, pay a few thousand dollars, hire a photographer, have them come in and do it right. If you're building your own website or you're a small business, the iPhone is a fantastic camera. I read somewhere a while back that I, if memory serves, I think it was 600 engineers that Apple has working dedicated to the camera on the iPhone. Like that, that machine is like so sophisticated and advanced. It's, you probably take better pictures with that. Many people can than with a, you know, a much larger expensive uh, camera. So yeah, you can definitely quote unquote, get away with that for sure. They're, they're fantastic uh, uh, photos. But that said, you know, sometimes it's simple things, right? I'll give you a really clear example. And here, like you said, you know, sometimes you just need to know like how many words need to be in the paragraph. Here's, here's one. <laughs> when you take a picture of a building, the edges of the building should be straight perpendicular perpendicular with the edges of the photo. Now, this I'm not not necessarily 110% of all cases, right? But typically speaking, like if you look at look at real estate photos, look at architectural photos, and so now look at let's say this picture that you have of your lobby, your waiting room or your um you know room that you do your dentist work in or whatever that you know, I don't know what you call that room. So the edges, if you have a doorway, let's say in that picture, the edge of the doorway should be straight perpendicular with the edge of the picture. A lot of times it's cockeyed and it just looks funny. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, there, I mean, in other words, there is a, there's actually a skill on how do you shoot good photography, good photos. Absolutely. And also good yes. video. And um, it's, it's always easier said than done. And I, you know, I'm just I'm, True. I'm thinking about this whole thing. I've, I've been doing live streams more and more. Um, on LinkedIn yeah. and whatever. And you should really thank me that we didn't do it together today. Be oh, I, I got my hair cut right before this in case that's what you wanted to do. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But um, so and for, for the guest, it's not that bad. But for me, because it's actually like, so we're just talking, right? Like yeah. we're talking, right. we're recording it. It's audio only. Um, and, uh, but when you do video, I, you are the guest I'm the host, I'm also the producer, and I'm the director. So I'm flipping the screens back and forth. Every once in a while, I, put a, I throw up a lower third, you know, so people remember who right. you are. Um, if, you, yep. if you sent me some examples, like the other day, I did a show uh, on Snapchat ads. And um, so he sent mm -hmm. examples, so I pulled them up. And, like, it's a lot of work. And sometimes it's split screen. And so it's the same thing, right? All these things actually take skill. Um, and you kind of have to think about how to how to do it. So photography, same 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 thing. Even also video. I mean, I uh, how do you feel about video on websites? I mean, I see so many. I'll call them highly produced videos that are 
that are mm-hmm. just crap. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they look, yeah, they do, look really good, but they're not, they're not <laughs> saying anything. They're not, do you know what I mean? Uh, 100% I do. That's absolutely. And I, I hate that. Right. I mean, why did you even, you would be better off again to my point. It would be better to have an ugly website that gets you the information you need or you can find the information than pretty website that, you know, doesn't help you. The same thing. And I think we're seeing a movement in that direction where, like, uh, I was talking to the Conversion XL guys a, a while back, if you, I'm sure you know them. And, and, like, one of the things they were saying were, um, I believe it was them. I hope I'm not confusing uh, uh, other people I've talked to recently, but I, I believe it was those guys. And they said, you know, do some uh like video testimonials with some of your clients and literally just like get them on zoom or whatever and record it you know it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be slick and produced because really there's there's this movement towards authenticity and that that actually speaks way more than this produced video that's like come and see us we're so amazing you know it's just just like fluff so yeah i'm definitely with you at the same time, though, right? Like, there's a balance there, too. Like, if the video is, is like, bad quality, and it, then it's hard to watch, and you don't watch it, right? So <laughs> there's a line somewhere in there. Right. It's, it's, and I think that's why people overcompensate and have a, high, and high, have a highly right. produced video. Because chances are, if I have a highly produced video that is just kind of dumb, but it doesn't say anything bad, it just says how good we are, Chances are I will not get fired for that. But if I have a video that has the potential to be really good, um, but it's not the highest quality per se, right, and it doesn't take off, um, there could be repercussions. That's, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like corporate right there, right? <laughs> I mean operating out of fear rather than, uh, you know, what you think is, is best. But yeah, I, I, uh, no, you're probably right. Operating out of fear. That, that is a thing that does happen. Um, other than that, what, what other tips can you offer, um, people, um, on, on the website? How do they focus on the right? How how important is the homepage anymore? I mean, I'm just, um, I mean, a lot of sites that I've worked with few, especially when they do content marketing well, the homepage has less and less traffic. And the other thing I noticed, there's been some brands where people hardly ever enter through the homepage. They enter through another page, mm. but they end up on the homepage at some point because they click the yep. logo or whatever. And um, so yep. how, like, w- what's the importance level of the homepage as opposed to the whole website as a whole? I mean, it still is important because of what you said. People see that as the main sort of front face of your business. So that in that sense, it is important. They're going to go there to get a feel for really who who you are. Uh, But I agree with you. It's not you don't have to say everything on your homepage for sure. It would be more important to have one main message and maybe some secondary messages rather than, you know, some people just try to cram it all on there. I also don't think so much that the, you know, above the fold matters as much as it used to. Uh, you know, people are just used to scrolling and it's, it's just, it's typical, right? So, but yeah, I mean, I think what sometimes we see is, you know, having those landing pages for specific things 
uh, on other parts of your website that are kind of like mini home pages themselves for a specific topic. Then you can direct your ads to that, or you can direct people to that with a you know with a specific link. And we even see people, you know, registering a separate domain name that we point directly to a sub page on their main site, you know, to sort of serve as like a kind of almost like a microsite in a sense on their, on their own site. So yeah, there's like tons of flexibility. That's one of the things I love about websites. It's like so many ways you can do it, you know, and you can change it. You can start that way and try it. And that's probably one of the other things, uh, you know, that we see is like iterate, you know, just, uh, how many, how many, how often do you change your website? I mean, you're writing all the time on there. Like how, how in a given, in a given day, how many times do you press publish on your website? Can I, can I turn this around and ask you some questions? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so currently, you know, I, what I, what I now do for myself and I also uh, recommend with clients is I would not recommend an editorial calendar out more than a month. And the reason is uh, when things happen, like, so COVID happened, you know, coronavirus happened. And there were people, they had three months of editorial content lined up. And now half of that went out the window because you couldn't use it. Um, or it was pushed yeah. way later. And now you have the chance that it's updated. So now what I started to recommend, and I do this myself, be a month out. So this uh, podcast, it will publish sometime in the next month. Now, I, I actually didn't look at the calendar before mm-hmm. we came on, but um, chances are um, the latest, it will be a month. It might be quicker. Um, but I try to get everything in the next month. So I'm pacing myself a little bit. And uh, so I publish at least once a, once a week. Uh, but like just now, you know, I had a couple changes in goals um, uh, this week. So I actually updated the homepage. The homepage was a very specific call to action that I don't want to happen, mm-hmm. that I don't want to be public for the next week. So I switched that already. Um, but now if I have something else to say, like the, the travel dot, travelreviews.online, it's a brand new site. It has like a domain authority of one, right? Uh, brand new, just like mm-hmm. literally signed up for it last week or whatever, whenever it was. So I'm posting something on there every day. It's not always very in-depth, and I'm still repurposing a lot of things, but I'm trying to get it to be like, yeah. you know, people check taking a look, people paying attention, um, so, but there's always like, oh, actually I did update something else on the homepage. So this week I updated the homepage at least twice, actually at least three times because the other thing I did. So when you look on my website, everything, every, um, article, every page has the subscribe to blog by email. And then it says, you know, join 73,000 subscribers. And I keep it there because yes, right. Impressive because, number, so, but I way. keep it there because I want, thank you. I keep it there because I want people to sign up, right? Like that's like, if you buy nothing else from me, if you don't buy my book, at least now you're uh, connected and I keep it there. But then I put the next right. call to action right below. I put it there. There used to be an inline ad. It's really kind of hidden, but again, it kind of, you can read it and most people just skim over it. That's okay. Um, and I'll probably move it again. And then the other thing I changed recently and I had somebody ask me, I think it was Christina Potnar who was on one of the previous episodes. She has a podcast and she asked me, uh, so now I'm killing her podcast, kind of, not really, but um, because she asked me, what's the difference between business storytelling and content marketing? And I said, nothing, it's just a different word. And so that used to say business storytelling tips. And then before it used to say the authentic storytelling project. And then before it said something totally different. So now I just changed it to content and digital marketing tips by Christoph Trapp. 
the website is the same, everything is the same, but I, I keep seeing how do people react, right? Um, and it's, right. yeah, so it's nonstop. See, and that, I mean, obviously, talking between us is like, you know, talking to the choir, right? But, but people need to hear that, and I think that's so critical. I mean, that, I love to hear that, because that's, why not do that, you know? You didn't print a thousand copies of this uh, paper website, you know? I mean, like, you can change it. Anytime you get that feedback, iterate, make it better. That's part of the fun. That's, that is, that's the best part, in my opinion. You know so I mean? reiterate, see what works, so. see what drives results and move forward from there. Fantastic. Ethan, where can people connect with you, find your company, et cetera, et cetera, on the web? Yes, online we're at bigimprint.com. Probably the best way to find us. And uh, What's the there. story behind that name? Yeah, so years before like years before I ever started the agency, I somehow came across that name. I don't remember what I was searching for or whatever, but I, I, I found that name. I, I had dabbled with web stuff before, you know, before starting the agency and uh, for many years. And uh, I came across that and I thought, man, if I ever had an agency, that would be like a, a great name, you know, it just speaks to like uh, imprinting an idea on your, on your brain, you know, and it's short and it was available, and so I snapped it up and I used it for the for the agency. I have to say I'm not happy that I did that. It's not been a great name for us because it's it's just too easily confused with a printing company because that imprint. So it's it's caused it's probably caused more confusion than uh, than I would like, but it is what it is, and uh, <laughs> here we are. So now I'm curious why you asked me about it. What, what, what's oh, your I did, impression of it? I didn't know. Should I, I, mean, I, I, I didn't. I always, I just, I asked the questions around here. And, um, but you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, <laughs> like, it's just big imprint. What does that mean? What is that? And um, I just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, it does sound a little bit like print, but I mean, there's plenty of companies out there that, um, you know, like a top, um, what was it again? Top rank online marketing right in minneapolis and now they're just top rank marketing mm -hmm. and, and here's the other thing so so my llc is actually trap digital and you you can't find that anywhere yeah. like i don't use the, the only time you see that is if i send you an invoice or something um or if i say if i send you a proposal right, right? Sure. it says trap yep. digital but it doesn't like i don't use it there, yep. I, I don't even have trapdigital.com anymore because i don't use it for anything and publicly, the way I do business is either just, you know, like people hire me or uh, I list it at, as the authentic storytelling project, yeah. uh, which and nobody ever says, well, what does that mean? Um, so, I, you know, so. Right. <laughs> right. It's a descriptive, right. yeah, descriptive name. Yeah. Fantastic. No, Thanks stuff. for joining us. Thanks for sharing these tips. Hopefully they were helpful to everyone. Uh, when you are creating your website, when you update your website, make sure uh, the elements make sense, make sure they're readable uh, and, and, you know, don't, don't spend eight weeks in committee meetings to decide that you need a slider. <laughs> the answer is you do not. The, the end. You do not. Thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.